0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast it's the football podcast. We're a man down, we're a man short, but no less podcast content other than like a quarter of the uh, you uh, the football podcast is still the same. There's just one less person here. Yes. All the great football, all the great news, all the great predictions, all the great football everything is still here for you to enjoy. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, leave a review where you can leave a review and share the podcast around. That's the main one, share the podcast around. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast.
1: Recording in progress. Ah, ha, ha, ha Yes, indeed. Welcome back on in to your warm, bubbly bath that is the Cookie Cast Podcast Network bringing you some delicious, tasty football updates. As you can see for the people watching us on YouTube, sadly, we're not a foursome tonight. We are a magnificent trio. Mr. Woodmansey, not able to join us as he is enjoying his birthday. No less. So many happy returns to Mr. Womancy if he's indeed listening to this. You old swine, you. Um, he'll probably be back next week joining us for more fun and frolics involving his team. So that just leaves us with Mr. Woodman uh, Not Mr. Womancy. I literally just said he's not here. Mr. Cook and Mr. Moore. How are we, sirs? Good, good. Yep. Excellent. We like to hear it. We like to hear it indeed. So. Quite a few games to get through this week, so we've got all of Week 12 and then we've got all of Week 13 games to predict. So we'll make a start with Week 12's fixtures, which started with Nottingham Forest taking on Luton Town. How did this one pan out, Mr Moore? It, it, well, <laughs> it was all going swimmingly until about five minutes from the end. Um, uh, kind of watching... watching the little the little amount of highlights on uh, uh,
2: match of the day and like watching soccer Saturday find like forest dominated the first half didn't score created a few chances but didn't score however in the second half uh, come out the double wood for everybody uh, so Chris wood who's much maligned with the forest fans um comes out and scores two goals. Um, yeah, a couple of nice finishes Kind of look, Forest looked quite good then reading the report slash listening to the official I don't want to call it the official Nottingham Forest podcast it's the podcast the Forest podcast run by the local um, newspaper suggested that Willie Bolly went over to Cooper about 75 minutes and said he was knackered so could he come off? You know, perfect timing, 15 minutes left with, like, no game for a week. But, you know, you're knackered. So then ensued chaos, shall we call it? To which Cooper... It's, it's a criticism I've had of him, and I don't want to sound... You know, there's a lot of Forest fans jumping on the bandwagon of criticising Cooper for making the subs. And, you know, I think... You know, I, think, I said last week it's a should win game not a must win game but then when you look at it we've taken, we've played all three promoted clubs at home now and I should get to the punchline Forest conceded two goals in the last ten minutes um, to then draw two each with, with Luton but he brought on five defenders like so Worrell came on Fiatay come on somebody else it was they just basically bought on five defenders to try and protect the lead against Luton who I think the kind of general kind of gist is of what I've seen is they're a the kind of club that you just when when you've got your foot on the neck you stand on them kind of thing you don't let them up you know they should have just you know at 2-0 they were cruising and you just tell him to go and stay on you're fine or maybe Bring on an extra defender to support him, but leave him on the pitch. But no, and I, it, it, it's that's the kind of game that can get you sacked. And I think that that's my worry
0: now is that last year Forest fans saved Cooper, and I think they do the
2: same again or try to. But with the amount of investment put in the club this this summer again. I don't think the owner's going to listen this time and there's a well, we'll, we'll, we'll it'll, it'll become more apparent later on there's quite a tough run of fixtures coming up and if it doesn't go well because it's no win in five or four or five and some of the performances are pretty poor and like I said, five points from the bottom, five points from the three promoted clubs from your home games is is a worry Kind of thing. So two goals from Wood, Adabayo, I think was one of them, and yeah. I couldn't remember. I can't remember the other guy who scored. Ch- Chidozi
1: Ogbeni. Penny. Republic of Ireland international got the uh, got the first. Adabayo got the equaliser. Uh, them- yeah, I know what you mean it's um, obviously um, Forest. Like it or not, have to have to consider themselves as one of the sort of the teams that are in the fight to avoid relegation. This is obviously their own;
2: they're a team that's only in its second second season back in the division. So, I think it's one of those ones where we're in the relegation fight, but in that similar kind of thing of like Palace being in the relegation fight, kind of thing yeah. that you yeah. shouldn't. You're slightly better than that, but yeah, I, th- I think. You, you could argue
1: that the Premiership's almost become sort of two leagues, or maybe there's, there was an argument that it was three. So you had like your, sort of your top, say, five or six teams that arguably could win the league, whereas it was mainly only going one or two. Then you had that sort of middle clutch of another, say, six teams that were like sort of fighting to get in the European positions. And then the last eight was the teams that were always going to be sort of like fighting against for the big fight to not be in the bottom three each season yeah. and I'd say it's almost gone now where it's almost like you've got six to eight teams who arguably should be in looking to win the league get in the European positions there or thereabouts the other 12 for me are basically fighting relegation every season because even if you look at like, like last season I think it, Bournemouth finished like 14th or something like that, and you've, there's been seasons in the past where, like Southampton, the season before they went down probably finished like 15th or something. But in the seasons before that, they'd finished as high as sixth in certain certain And they, it, it only takes a couple of transfer windows for your sort of your your squad to become stale, and you to be able to fall back into that sort of clutch of teams that's always fighting against it. So. Well, yeah. I know what you mean in that sort of if you are in that clutch of teams that are like fighting against going down, winning your home games against those other teams is pretty much vital, and to only get one out of three against the promoted sides isn't a great return. So I, I know what you mean, and it's, it's it's worrying. And obviously, if he's got a bit of an itchy trigger finger at, at the best of times, it's it's just another sort of thing, sort of giving him credence to do it again. Yeah. I think the big the big the big thing is is obviously you know, last
2: year what was it 31 of our points that kept us up came at home. Yeah. And that's not coming to fruition at the moment. So then you start to worry that it's gonna kinda is it gonna turn into this kinda like I know what forest fans are like and I'm trying not to be a typical forest fan. It turns quickly and, you know, kind of from the reports, it's already like they sit there and expect to be entertained and they expect to be win, to win and they get on the back of players quickly and stuff like that. And you think it's another, you know, like, you know I said it last week, it's another 14 players through the door. It's another 14 players to bed into the side. The quality of the players that they brought in is way higher than last time. I think it's just trying to find a settled team. So hopefully it'll get better. I don't
1: think it'll get better this week. Just, just so people are ready for it. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get to that all in good times. All in good times. All in good times. From a predictions perspective, we'd all picked Forest to win. I'd gone for a two-nil. Sadly so did pick Wood for my goal scorers. Everyone else had gone two-one. So up until bio scoring, you were all bang on the money. Um, you all had Morris to get the goal for for uh, for Luton so no points there in hudson adoy and gibbs white mad and langer and gibbs white to get the goals for it so no points there for either of those two either however mr cook had hudson and and wood to score so bags himself a bonus point for the goal scorer second game of the week is mr woodman's team now obviously he's not here but he did send me some notes to, uh, to go through on, his, uh, on on the game as he was of course in attendance as it was played at the uh, at the MKM stadium so uh, sadly Hull lost the game 2-1 um, with a 95th minute winner um, going in so not not the best uh, not ideal according to Mr. Woodman's notes Hull uh, were basically the only team playing in the first half so they were all over Southampton um uh, until the 20th minute where smallbone scored against the run of play um he did he did go on to say that um, the Hull left back Vinegra had a bit of a shocker and um wasn't wasn't playing particularly well um Hull did bring it back to one one in the twenty fifth uh, minute when uh, liam delap scored the equalizer um that's the way it stayed until half time and it's the way it stayed until the 95th minute as we've as ascertained before um she so just put the second half scrappy so um not uh not not the best um and then uh, yeah the 95th minute winner was uh, was slammed home by ryan fraser um from around the edge of the box um one of those ones that he just absolutely hammers into the roof of the net um, one of those ones where if you're a travelling Southampton fan, you're going away pretty pretty happy there. Obviously, a long journey made all the better by the fact that you've got the three points in your back pocket. But if you're a home supporter, you're not too plus, uh, You're not too pleased. Predictions-wise, um, three of us had gone for a draw. So, uh, very close to getting points there. I'd gone 2-2 two, two, uh, with the lap and Philogene scoring for home. So I got myself a point for Dallap scoring the goal. I had Armstrong and Adams scoring for Southampton, sadly. So no points for goal scorers there. Stu had 1-1 with Dallap scoring again. So he gets himself a point right there. and Armstrong. Uh, Andy had 1-1 with Syed Manesh and Armstrong scoring the goals. So sadly, no points for Mr Cook. Matt had picked a 3-1 Southampton win. So it was very close to getting the correct score on that one. Sadly, they couldn't find a 97th minute third or something like that. But, uh, you know, never mind. Um, Matt also had the lap to score for Hull, so gets a bonus point for the goal scorer. Armstrong with two and Adams, sadly, were not the goal scorers for Southampton. So, uh, points for myself and Stu, two points for Matt, no points for Andy on that one. Our third game of the week So my boys, Middlesbrough, taking on, as of course we discussed last week, forever they'll be known as. Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City in his first game in charge. Um, Didn't obviously see much of this as it was a Saturday game and I wasn't there, so just had to go off the uh, the bits that were being sort of relayed to us via uh, the social media accounts and uh, Soccer Saturday, and it sounded like the first half was a bit bit, bit dull, not an awful lot sort of uh, occurred. Um, And then when the second half kicked off, it sounded like it was all Middlesbrough for the entire second half. Really. There was uh, Every time they kept going back to uh, Neil Mellor, who was covering the game for Soccer Saturday, he said that Middlesbrough were firmly in control of the game, um, didn't really look like conceding, and were just peppering John Ruddy's goal. I think, when I looked at the stats, I think at one point, John Ruddy had made 10 saves for the, for, the, for the shots that were on target, um, so he was very much keeping them in the game. Um, up until the uh, the 90th minute when uh, a long ball was punted up to uh, Emmanuel Latte last who uh, controlled the ball and played it into um, Morgan Rogers, who'd come on as a sub um, he played the ball out to the right hand side to Matt Crooks um, on the right side of the box he basically got it to the byline cut the ball back and uh, Morgan Rogers just nicked him ever so slightly ahead of uh, John Ruddy in the goal to just lift the ball over him at the near post and uh, bring the uh, bring the Riverside into uh, absolute raptures, it seemed. And uh, that's the way it finished. With a slender 1-0 Middlesbrough win. Very happy. Um, sadly, Mr Rooney not getting off to a positive start in this first game with Birmingham. Legend. Although we didn't call it. Birmingham were in the playoffs when they sat John Eustace. And they've lost the first game under uh, Wayne Rooney's stewardship. They do also have a game against Hull, because they a cover later on. How did that one pan out? We'll find out later on. Uh, Predictions-wise, I'd gone for a 1-1 draw with Coburn and Stansfield to get the goals. No points for me. Stewart gone for a 2-2 draw. Laser and Coburn. Dembele and Stansfield to score for Birmingham. No points for him. Matt had gone for a 2-1 for a win. Uh, Latte Laugh and Fours with Bakuna scoring for uh, Birmingham to get to the point for the result. Uh, or for the, for the win, sorry. Andy had gone 2-0 with Latte Laugh and Fours to score. He also gets himself a point for the result. Our fourth game of the week. So, Shrewsbury Town, everyone's new favourite team, as they took on Derby County. And wouldn't you know, they won that game one Nil, which means Derby are cast aside. We won't have to talk about them, fingers crossed, ever again on the podcast, or for at least another couple of weeks until some sort of gods conspire against us <laughs> to put them back on the uh, put them back on the table. Um, what made this one even what was all the more sweet was the fact that the uh, the goal for Shrewsbury wasn't even scored by a Shrewsbury player. It was an own goal by everyone's favourite Irishman, Connor Hoorahan, you smarmy-ass little twat. Uh, put through his own goal. What a foolish man. Shouldn't be doing that, should you? Try scoring the opposition net next time, Connor, you silly bastard. Um, Predictions-wise, I'd gone for a 1-1 one, one draw. Bayliss and Collins to score the goal, so no points for me. Matt had gone for a 2-0 Derby win. Waghorn and Collins, no points for Matthew. Stu and Andy had both gone for 1-0 Shrewsbury wins. So get themselves two points for the correct goal scorer. Sadly, neither of them predicted a Connor Hurahan own goal. So didn't get any bonus points for the goal scorer. Just to clarify there, that was a Connor Hurahan own goal for Derby County. In their own net against Shrewsbury Town in a league fixture in League One, of course. League One being the league where Derby are currently situated. <coughs> Moving on, uh, game five saw so my boys back in uh, back in action again. It was Norwich City taking on Middlesbrough. Uh, long, long, uh, long old slog. From Middlesbrough to Norwich on a Tuesday Tuesday evening, not the year, uh, not the best trip you want to be making. Um but the Middlesbrough fans were rewarded with a two one away win. Um this one. Again, not the best first half, a bit sloppy. A lot of passes lot of a lot of passes from both teams being been played to the opposition. Um not the greatest of uh, stuff on show. Nil nil at half time. And then within 30 seconds of the restart, uh, Norwich were playing the ball around the middle of the park. It was pinched by Hayden Hackney just outside the centre circle. Uh, he drove the ball and laid it off to Josh Coburn on the edge of the box on the right-hand side, who uh, just played a lovely ball across the face of the goal to the unmarked uh, Sam Greenwood, who uh, side-footed the ball home to make it 1-0. Uh, and from there on, Borough were in perfect control of the game. Norwich did hit the bar uh, with their closest effort uh, and Ben Gibson should have equalised at that point actually um, when he headed a, he had basically a free header that he managed to put wide I can only presume was that he uh, thought he started his Borough cap on and thought I'll make it look like I'm going to score but I'll just stick it the wrong side of the post so Borough can still keep the lead. So, um, Borough put the game to bed in around the 90th minute when Sam Silvera one as a substitute picked up a headed clearance um that had come out to uh, to himself he just carried it to the edge of the box uh, and using the defender that was in front of him to sort of shield it so the keeper couldn't see just curled the ball into the bottom corner to give borough a two-nil lead and put norwich pretty much out of sight uh, they did get a goal back in around the 97th minute uh, where um Rowe, i can't remember his first name i think it's jason but i double check do, 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 do. Uh, Jonathan, sorry, Jonathan Rowe uh, received the ball on the left-hand side of the box, carried it towards the uh, the bar and actually cut a lovely, lovely shot into the opposite corner past uh, past Seni Dieng in the Borough goal. No chance for the keeper, really. Um, shame it was shame it was anything other than a consolation version because it was a really nice goal. Uh, and the uh, the game finished two one to the Borough. Predictions wise. Matt had gone for a 1-1 draw with Rowe scoring for Norwich and Jones scoring for Borough. So no points there for the result. We just get a bonus point for the goal scorer. Stuart gone for a 3-1 Norwich win. Silly, Mr Woodman. Gibbs, Sarah and Ida to score for Norwich. McGree to score for Borough. No points there. Uh, Andy had gone for a 1-0 Borough win with Latte Lath to score the goal. So gets himself a point for the result. Uh, I had gone for a 2-1 Middlesbrough win oh how nice I also had Rowe to score for Norwich, Crooks and Latte laugh for the Borough goal scorers so I get two points for the correct score and a point for the Norwich City goal scorer just the two games left from last week um, sadly because it was last week we did have to predict a second derby game uh, they won 2-0 against XA we won't dwell on it, Mendes, Lang and Washington scored the goals i gone 1-0 Exeter with Musk Weigh, No points for me. Andy had gone 1-0 Exeter. Cox. No points there. Stu. 3-0 Derby win. Collins and Waghorn to score. No points for the goal scorers. Point for the results. Matt had gone 3-1 to, uh, to Derby. Waghorn, Hoorahan. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know if you'd caught earlier, but he scored the own goal in the previous game that Derby had played. Silly, silly man. Scoring in his own goal. Well, what a foolish, foolish asshole. Um, uh, Collins for the third uh, goal for Derby. Mitchell to get the, uh, the the consolation for Exeter. So no goal scorers there for Matt, but does get a point for the correct result. And our last game of the week saw Birmingham City take on Hull City. Uh, sadly, I tuned into this one slightly too late to see the opening goal go in, which was Liam Delap after around fifteen minutes scoring the opener for hull. Um, another game where it was a bit poor, to be honest with you. There are a lot of uh, a lot of misplaced passes. I always say this and then have to remember, well yeah Costas a lot of misplaced passes because if they were placing the ball to each to each other's feet every single time, they'd be playing for a Premier League side. But you know, professional footballs and all that, they apparently they are fallible. Um It stayed stayed 1-0 through until around the 70th minute uh, where Jaden Fillagey picked up the ball midway inside the Birmingham half um, and unleashed a bit of a cracker, uh, gave John Rooney no chance to make it 2-0 and that's how the game peated out in the end. So, sadly, two games, no points, no goals for Wayne Rooney's Birmingham City. Um, for the podcast however that is certainly not the case only Matt with his 1-1 draw with Dembele to score for Birmingham and Delap to score for Hull gets no points for the score but does get a point for the goal scorer Um, I got 1-0 with Traore to score no points there sorry point for the result but not for the scorer Stuart also got 1-0 with Connolly to score for Hull. Point for the result not for the scorer. Mr Cook 2-0 Hull City win. Two big points right there. Connolly and Delap to score. That's another bonus point there. So Andy gets three points for that game. So to round up the week I had five points from seven games in total. Stu had five points from seven games in total. Matt Six points from seven games in total. Andy wins the week, however, with eight points from the seven games that were on offer. Well played, Mr Cook. That just leaves us with week 13's games to go through there. are One, two, three, four, five games to predict, ladies and gentlemen. But before we get into that, we're actually going to take a small break. We're going to refresh our glasses, so to speak, and then we'll come back at you. With week 13's game picks. Don't you go anywhere, though. I we we'll be back straight after this. Recording in progress. Yes, indeed. Welcome back on. Welcome back on in, ladies and gentlemen. So, week 13. Sorry, week 12 done. Week 13 ahead of us. Let's hope it's not unlucky for our teams. Our first game starts with Hull City taking on Preston North End. Obviously, Mr Woodman T, not here, but has sent me his predictions. So, I'll give his last I'll dive in straight away here. I've gone for a 1-1 one, one draw in this one. I've gone for DeLapp to score for Hull and Keen to score for Preston. I believe that would very much be old boy Kurtz on both sides. So, fingers crossed on that one. Uh, Matt, what have you got for Hull versus Preston.
2: I've gone for a whole 2 1 win. Your goal scorers, please. I've gone quite boring. I've gone Dilap and Philogene. Yeah. I've pressed an Osmagic. What? Magic is it? O S M A J I C. A
1: magic, magic. I have never heard of that guy. <laughs> he scored
2: the nine, it. so <laughs> ah,
1: fair enough. Well, there you go, uh, Andy.
0: Simple, elegant. One nil Hull win. Delap.
1: The Dilapidator. The Um Stew agrees. Uh, he has also gone for a two nil Hull City win. With De and Slater to get the goals. Next game is Middlesbrough versus Stoke City. Uh, Stoke fresh off a stunning 1-0 win against Leeds where the goal was scored by not a Stoke player. Pascal Strauch put it through his own goal. Mere minutes after Patrick Manford had skied a penalty straight over the bar for Leeds. God, you hate to see it. Uh, Middlesbrough versus Stoke. My team, obviously, I will go last. Stewart's gone straight in here with a 3-1 Middlesbrough win. He's very confident. Going for Jones, Crooks and Latte Lath to get the goals for the Borough. Low to score for Stoke. Andy, what have you gone for?
0: 2-0 Borough win. Uh, Latte Lath and 4s. Fools.
2: Matt. I've gone for a Borough 2 1 win. Okay. Jones and Crooks to score for the Borough. Yes? And me the uh, Stoke. Two M's, and A, two E's. Oh, yeah.
1: This guy's name popped up on Saturday? Because did he score against Sunderland? I think so.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me! If he does score, I can only I can only presume that the uh, the guy on the public address system will have an absolute field day trying to pronounce that. Um, I agree with Stu. I've gone for a 3 1 Borough win here. I've gone for Crooks, Coburn, and Rogers for of Borough. And obviously, I had to get a bit of Gooch out. didn't I, for stoke. So, uh, get Goochies out, lads. Get out. Our next game does not involve Derby County, as the curse has been lifted. Um, our, our new boys are Shrewsbury Town. So Andy will be throwing his support behind the Shrews, who used to play at Gay Meadow, just as a little uh, side note. They now play so at the was... New Meadow. Oh, the um, New Meadow. The New Meadow. Shrewsbury also quite close to the Wales border. So you're almost mm. working your way back to Wrexham at this point, uh, Mr Mister Cook. Let's, let's see if we can get you there sooner rather than later. So Shrewsbury this week are taking on Wigan away from home um, is of course Mr Cook's team so he will go last uh, Matt what have you
2: got for this one? I've gone for another new team 2-1 Wigan win yeah I've gone for a nice little Hull old boys kind of thing is it Wyke Wyke like and McGinnis no I I
1: I need to check the white one because I was going to pick white, and I don't know if he's injured or suspended ah. or something. Let me do, let me do a little bit of digging. Um, his name popped up on something. Uh, Charlie White injured? Question mark. So, as of the twenty fifth of October, which is today's date, uh, Wigan Athletic boss lifts lid on Charlie White admission and injury fears ahead of Shrewsbury trip or vi- visit. Uh, oh, apparently he was he was just, he had a three-match suspension. um, um, um. um, um uh. Oh no! So he is, he is available. He's just not being played because the other the other players in the uh, in the squad are performing better. So that is a perfectly legitimate pick. So, sorry, was it McGinnis and White?
2: Yeah, gone for. And Udo Shrewsbury.
1: U D O H uh, No, Stu has gone for a one-one draw here. Um probably the best-named guy in the league, Philo Asgard, to score for Wigan, and Mata. Pretty sure it's not Juan scoring for Shrewsbury. Sadly, I agree with Matt. I think uh, Mr Cook will be changing teams again after this weekend. I've also gone for a 2-1 Wigan win. I've gone for McGinnis and Humphreys to score for Wigan Bayliss to score for
0: Shrewsbury.
1: Andy, what do you think your lads will do in Wigan?
0: Uh, I think we're going to be sticking with Shrewsbury for a little while. So I've got a, one, uh, a nil one and I have Watts to score that they go. What? Watts.
1: Uh, our second to last fixture takes us to Sunday and sees Liverpool taking on Nottingham Forest. Obviously, Liverpool will be off the back of a midweek European fixture. I will have a look and see who they are playing. Liverpool are playing to baş-
0: lose.
1: Let's hope they do.
0: They're playing to lose.
1: Uh, Liverpool versus Toulouse it is in Liverpool so obviously they won't have any travel or anything to get over any jet lag I mean it's only France so it's not exactly uh, the furthest location away even if they were playing um, but obviously they'll only have a couple of days rest whereas Nottingham Forest will have been rested nicely uh, since uh, the previous Saturday uh, Mr Moore's team he will go last I'll go to Andy first for his prediction on this one what have you gone for?
0: I've got a 1-2 Nottingham Forest win oh You know it. Goal scorers, please. Uh Salah for Liverpool. Yes. And uh, as always I'm not gonna pass up the opportunity to get my wood out and uh I'm gonna follow it up with a a, a Hudson a Ah
1: Is he injured or is he ill? Injured. Injured is out for six weeks.
0: I mean ah. Mother Hubbard.
1: (laughs) You can go for the other double-barreller if you want. Or you can double down and get some really hard wood.
0: I will have... Alanga. Ooh, I like it.
1: Both assists at the weekend for Mr. Alanga. Very good as well, as I put him in my fantasy team. So, very happy with that. Uh, Stu, sadly, has gone for a 2-0 Liverpool win. Goals each for Diaz and Nunes. Uh, and I'm afraid I'm inclined to agree with Mr Womsey. I've gone for, I've also gone for a 2-0 win, but I've gone for Salah to get both. Um, it sounded earlier in the podcast like he wasn't particularly optimistic. Uh, so,
2: Matt, how do you think this one's going to pan out? I've gone for a 3-1 Liverpool win, I think okay. they've seemed to, they have seem to have got back into form somehow and I think there'll be an element, even though they beat us 3-2 at home at the end of last season and there'll be a level of revenge to kind of prove a point, so I've got yeah. Salah with two, same as yourself, and Gapo to get the third.
1: Oh, hang on a second. Now, is he injured? Oh, I the thing. Let me just double check, because I think I had him in fantasy and he was out of the squad. I will just double check. <speaking> in> Let it indeed. Keep talking amongst yourselves. Great time to be alive. Uh, oh no! Lack of match fit. Uh, lack of match fitness. Seventy-five percent chance of playing. So he's not injured. He's just knackered, apparently. Ah, you my come on as a sub then. Yeah, I think so. Hakpo. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, according to my my friend who lives in the Netherlands, apparently it's not Gakpo, Apparently, it's Hakpo. So there's there's us told. the ignorant <laughs> Brits. God. Uh, you you're not you're not the first scorer? Old boy, old old boy rules, Arigi. Ah, of course. He'd be stupid not to play him, really, wouldn't he? Right, he'll of as a sub. Yeah. Our final game of the week is League Cup action, and as my boys are the only team left in the competition from our perspective, it is Exeter City versus. Middlesbrough uh, My team so I will go last Stu has gone for a 2-1 Middlesbrough win He's gone for Aitchison to score for Exeter McGree and Housen To score for the Borough Andy what have you got for this one
0: Same score As Stu I've got a 1-2 one, one two. One two. Um, yep. Never going to Pass up the opportunity to get the Old cocks out For Exeter Uh, And I thought I'd mix it up this week. Uh, I often predict the same for the borough. So I've gone with two players who are almost definitely injured. Rodgers and Silvera. Nope, both fit.
1: Both played last night.
0: It's a modern day miracle.
2: (laughs) Matt, what have you gone for? I, strangely enough, have also gone for a 2-1 Middlesbrough win. Goal scorers? Mitchell for Exeter. Yep. And Coburn and Greenwood for the Borough.
1: Very, very nice. I agree. Uh, however, I've gone for a 2-0 Borough win. I've gone for Silvera and Gilbert to score. I think he might give a little. He might give a chance to the uh, the guy, the first guy they signed this summer. Brought him in from Brentford's B team. Might give him a run out and see how he gets on. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of this week's predictions. Um, I would I would say is there any other business? Uh, but I've I've obviously uh, I was I was supposed to actually start the podcast for this week, and uh, I completely forgot. So obviously. Um, when it was half time in the Saturday kick-off, uh, the Saturday three o'clock kickoffs, it came to light that um, uh, Sir Bobby Charlton had passed away in the early hours of, uh, of Saturday morning, um, and obviously that was that was quite poignantly felt at the Borough, um, as obviously he was a Manchester United legend, and Michael Carrick and Wayne Rooney are arguably two of the sort of more well known players for Man United in the last. Ten or fifteen years, um, and obviously they were both on the touchline as they as they flashed up a picture of uh, of Sir Bobby on the on the big screen at the Riverside, and I believe there was there was a, a, a brief round of applause that went round, and um, I believe there was a minute's applause at most of the games that were played either last night or this night uh, in a tribute to um, uh, Bobby Charlton. Um, So I just got up a little bit of his information, like his details to go through some of his stats. So um, he played almost his entire career uh, at Manchester United, starting in 1956 uh, and leaving Manchester United in 1973. Um, In total, he played 606 games. No, he didn't. 758 games in total, scoring 249 goals. So what's that about, about? One in three. Um, which, for a guy who was sort of, he was a forward, but he kind of wasn't really a forward. He was, a, he was, he always seemed like he was like he seemed, He always seemed to be like in the in the sort of the, the clips stuff that I played. He played with the number nine on his back, but he never seemed to be a
2: centre forward. He's that. To be fair, he's kind of like a, in a way. He's he was a like ahead of his time. Really, he's that kind of midfielder that you see now. He's a. He was a stereotypical agree, kind of. number. Well, he was. It was weird, wasn't it? Because he was the number nine, but he played as a number ten. Yeah, yeah he's Jude Bellingham. Uh, you know, I yeah. think like you see the kind of from from what I've seen of him and stuff like that. You know, he's Jude Bellingham. You know, it, it's like I mean, my dad always talked about Bobby Charlton, kind of thing. Because obviously, he was my dad would have been nine, ten when England won the World Cup. He was 13, 14 when in the 70 World Cup. And um, my dad was always, always said, was the thing that lost. You know, England should have won the 70 World Cup as well, because that team was better than the 66 World Cup. And Ramsey got cocky and took, like, um, Charlton had Beckenbauer, who was regarded as the best player in the world at the time, in his back pocket. And it's kind of absolutely bossed the game. And Ramsey took him off to save him for the semi-finals, I think. Sure. And at that that's, point, because he'd taken Charlton off, yeah. Beckenbauer took over the game. And from that, England went from being 2-1 up to, 3-2, to a 3-2 loss. And my dad was like, yeah. And that was all, all to do with Charlton. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's that kind of thing of like, you're starting to see that, you know, and I know, Kind of time passes and stuff like that, but we're down to one, one player from the '66 World
0: Cup team being left alive now. We just got Jeff Hurst left. That it's um, literally just him. just Jeff. I, th- the, I th- the
2: team. I don't know about the squad, but I think it's pretty much. I think we're down to down to just Jeff Hurst. So Jeff Hurst now in in terms of that that kind of. Thing, but yeah, you know, like listening to some of the tributes and listening to what people said, they were like, "Oh yeah," I think someone said, "Oh, would he have fitted? Would he have fitted into, the, into, the, into today's game?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> easily, 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 he would have found it borderline, easy, you know, easy kind of thing yeah. with the you know what you had to put up with it thing." And you got to kind of go back to the fact that obviously he was part of the United team that was in the Munich air crash as well, so he missed. What two years worth of his career recovering from that because he was in a hell of a state like he he almost lost his life there kind of thing it wasn't just that you know he was like obviously the like the Busby Babes and all that kind of thing he was part of that kind of Manchester United squad that probably should have won um, a European Cup then but didn't um, but then obviously won the World Cup and then European champion the European Cup within two years of each other yeah, yeah. I think like someone yeah. has said as well that obviously him and Jack Charlton are the only two brothers to have won both the World Cup and the European Cup as well which is quite a unique Crazy, yeah and something else like because I mean, they're from Ashington I'll say a small Mining town just up the road from us, and yeah, four, player, four players in the England team or squad around that time obviously, the two Charlton brothers, and then another two guys from the same street that they lived on. Like, and it was just like absolutely mental that, that you know, from that small town in the northeast of England, these four players all came from, and one of them was. Arguably the best player in the world at the
1: time. Yeah. So obviously those those stats that I gave earlier was his club stats for England. Obviously, uh, this this is before this is before the breakup of like the Soviet Union, the Balkan states, and things like that. When the countries weren't as spread out as they are now, or there wasn't as much of a concentration, certainly in Europe. Um, so he played 106 times for the England team. And scored forty nine goals, which was a, which was the at the time was the was the best um or was the most goals scored by an England player up until Wayne Rooney beat that, um in I think twenty seventeen. Um, and then obviously it's since been overtaken by Harry Kane. But as we keep saying on the podcast, Harry a lot of a lot of Harry Kane's goals have been scored against the sort of the minnow states that weren't around when Bobby Charlton was playing, so if he'd have played against Macedonia, Malta, San Marino, you could probably add another forty or fifty goals onto his onto his tally, uh, and he'd be looking at basically a goal a game if he was playing against teams that were filled with postmen and, and policemen and stuff like that, rather than actual footballers. Um, but yeah, just. Uh, a, a very, a very sad loss, like you say. Obviously, he was a member of the '66 World Cup squad, um, and actually the team that won the, uh, won the final. Um, yeah, just a, a very, uh, a very sad loss. See that. So yeah, it's always a shame to end the podcast on a, on a slight downer, um, but um, one thing that I did. One thing that I did hear on a on a podcast I was listening to was that um, someone said it's it's a shame that when when you when you when your time's up you don't get like a little notification so that like, you could sort of hear all the nice things that people say about you and, and stuff like that yeah. on the trip. Yeah. Um And someone else like chimed in then and said, "Oh, I think I think he was aware. He was he, he will have known sort of how appreciated he was sort of in the football fraternity and things like that." I think towards the end of his life I think he'd been diagnosed with and was suffering with a bit of he'd gone into the stages of dementia um, so maybe his, his memories and, and things like that weren't as as clear as they once were um, but yeah he, he was certainly uh, in, in my sort of knowledge of football he's always been talked about in the sort of the the, the great of the English game like him and Stanley Matthews and other players of that ilk. So
2: yeah, I think it was we'll certainly like good last thing. The last that, that kind of last thing because uh, the the interview that I heard was with Nobby Styles' son. Obviously, Nobby Styles only died a couple of years ago, and he was like, "Oh yeah, when we when we were around him, you didn't know that he was the best footballer in the world at the time, or second yeah. best to Pele or whatever." He said it was only until you went to the shops and everybody swarmed around him and he said yeah that was when he was like playing in his 30s it's like it still happened in his 70s and 80s as well you know and that shows kind of the reverence of somebody because you know like there's probably players now that were decent in the 90s that could probably go and walk down the street and no one would really know who they were whereas like Bobby Charlton still had that kind of up until
1: you know, he was not well enough to go out again. Um, I think that's yeah. So there you have it, then, gentlemen. Like I say, sad. Uh, always, uh, always uh, sad to uh, end on, on a sad note on the podcast. But when it's uh, when it's a person who was as you know, sort of much of a contribution to the English game as that, you have to. Uh, it's right to, uh, to to sort of mention him on the podcast and stuff like that. So all that's left is for me to thank these two gentlemen for uh, for joining me to give you the uh, the breakdown on their teams. But obviously, fingers crossed, Mister Woodman will be back next week to give us the whole lowdown. Uh, but join us again in a week's time, where we'll where we'll do it all again. We'll we'll break down this week's games. We'll go through next week's games, and hopefully, we'll have a nice nice little bit of chat. Sadly, obviously, we won't be able to have a laugh at Derby's expense anymore, but let us know if you enjoyed it, we'll, we'll just make it a, re- a, a weekly occurrence of a podcast like what can we laugh at Darby for this week etc etc, Well, until that time take care of yourselves and we'll see you next week talk about for
0: now so there we go what do you think to that happy birthday to Stu I hope it was a fantastic day thank you all for listening, thank you all for watching, thank you all for being here before you go please do consider like share subscribe and comment leave a review where you can leave a review check out the website thecookiecast.com there you'll find social media links and an email button for you to get in touch with us that's it for this one till next time i'm going to say bye and i'll see you then
2: thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football if you've enjoyed this episode please like share and subscribe